Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. The title of my message is, Be Careful What You Are Becoming. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, it said, But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Friends, throughout history, God's purposes and plans on earth are always fulfilled by God picking a vessel. Then he surrounds the vessel with people, joins these persons with objective in a relationship, in partnership. Now, these people usually, they may be people that are popular, they may be people that are unpopular. They may be charismatic people, they may be people that are not charismatic. But most of the time, actually, there are people who are not looking for power. People are not expecting they will be picked. So God picks up a person who doesn't look like it. Somebody even may not even deserve it. And God will set them up. And God will say, I'm going to do great things through you. And God will surround them with certain people. Often this thing will start very well. Unfortunately, many times, things begin to go south. Things don't turn out the way they started. Because people begin to break rank. Certain things set in the agenda that ends up like a ship without direction. My assignment this morning, in this Network Sunday, is to ensure that you and I haven't been picked by God, haven't been granted access. My assignment is to ensure that by God's grace, we will keep his word. We will not deny his name, which is very much in the center of God's prophetic word for us for this year. Revelation 3.8. As we go through the study of Esther, Esther and Mordecai, last week we told ourselves God picked up Esther and put Esther in the palace. And we told ourselves how, despite the fact that it was so dangerous and it was such a decision that was heavy, Esther had to put her personal desire, her own agenda aside, so that she can fulfill the corporate agenda. Esther said that. It was hard. But Esther concluded, this is difficult, but I'm going to go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And in so doing, she saved her people. Now, when we read this story, it seems quite nice and desirable. It seems like a story everybody would want to be part of. In fact, you want to be related to them. This story, actually, is the kingdom story. And anytime you and I read the Bible, don't just be a passenger. You must be a participator. You must try and put yourself in the story. Until you do, you are not likely to get personal message. You must try and put your name in some things you are reading. And then ask yourself, if I was Esther, how would this story end? If I was Mordecai, what could have happened to the story? Now, if I didn't do what Esther did, or if I didn't do what Mordecai did, what would have been the fate of the people of God? Then when you put it like that, what is there for me to learn? I found out 
that things don't just change against God's original plan. They don't just happen overnight. They build up to it. Nobody just jump into an affair. So things don't just happen overnight. They actually build up to it. So you didn't just fall into an affair. You build up steps towards it. I tell people, the moment an innocent action begins to be taken beyond innocence, uncurbed, you are building something that you do not want. And you got to learn how you got to stop it before you become what you don't want. Esther and Mordecai, a pattern of kingdom partnership that did well. Are there other partnerships in the Bible that didn't work out? Why did they not work out? What are the mannerisms that lead to the decisions or the outcome that does not work out? We want to look at those mannerisms. Because it's not about church only. It's about every kind of relationship. Why is it that a good marriage relationship that started very well? Because marriage is part of the kingdom agenda. Why is it that it didn't work out? I've seen great ministries break up. I've seen great businesses, partnership, break up. So anything that is called relationship, that's what we are looking at today. They don't just break up. It is step and step that leads to it. Why? Now, those steps, are those mannerisms things that can be checked? Yes, they can be. But it is better identified early. I want to look at some stories in the Bible. The first example I want to look at is Solomon. Solomon was a man that was spoken of by God before he was ever conceived. It doesn't get better than that. So it was not a mistake. Solomon was born after a major family crisis. A child died. They were mourning. And God spoke to David. He said, you know what? You've got to stop this because I've got plans. Out of this relationship, I'm going to give you a son. This will be his name, Jedidah, beloved of God. And he will be great. He will be wise. Now, if you were Solomon and your mother or your father sat you down and told you this story, how would you feel? Would you not feel? I'm so special. And then, Solomon was growing up, and everybody in his family, they wanted daddy's seat, especially as David grew older and older. And all his senior brothers felt this thing is by order of first come, first serve. And they were jostling for the throne. But Solomon did not even rush until God enthroned him. And eventually Solomon got to the throne. He was extremely humble. And then one day Solomon came into the temple and he offered God a sacrifice. Thousands and thousands of rams and bulls. And God was so touched. was such a man. Who didn't have these things to himself? But he gave them to God. So God said, what is it you want? You have touched my heart so much. Solomon said, well, I don't want anything. I just want wisdom to be able to lead these people of yours. God said, wow. You have not asked for riches. Now watch this. You have not asked for houses. You have not asked for anything. You have not even asked for the head of your enemies. Guess what? I'm going to so much bless you. So God blessed Solomon. You know this story. Solomon who started well. He didn't finish well. The wisest man. So you can take it like the most anointed man. You can take it like the most wonderful marriage. You can take it like the most successful business. It is not how it got started, friends. It's how it finishes. But why? What led to that? How could such a man finish badly? We're going to look at it. 
So Solomon is an example. Another example that's so heartbreaking in the Bible is Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a, a man who was a strong military man serving this same Solomon. And he was lawyer. Jeroboam one day went to the field, was just going. By this time, Solomon, he has already lost it. God was against Solomon. Jeroboam went out and he met with this prophet. And the prophet had new clothes. And then he tore the clothes into 12. He said, these are the tribes of Israel. He just gave him 10. He said, this 10 represents 10 tribes of Israel. Even if they gave him one, he should have said thank you. They gave him 10 tribes of Israel. He said, this is what God, your God, is going to do. He has taken the kingdom from your master. And he will give you 10 tribes. And he said, Jeroboam, if only you will serve the Lord your God, God will give you a name as big as David. David's dynasty is unparalleled. God gave David an everlasting covenant. God said, I'm about to do the same thing for you. Listen, my friends, God is not yet exhausted with blessing. Amen. There is nothing he's done for somebody before you that he can't do better for you. Amen. You just need to serve him. There is no blessing anybody could have taken. Blessing of houses, riches, anointing, or babies that has taken your own. You don't need to be envious of another person's blessing. Because when you serve God, he's got his own plans for you. It does not matter how many people get married before you. Your own wife or husband is still there. Oh, they've taken the best guys around. Every time I somebody, they've taken them. It's because they're not yours. Sometimes we think because someone's blessed before us, they've taken all the blessing. Anyway, Jeroboam was assured that God was going to raise his dynasty higher than anything he has ever seen. All he needed to do was just serve God. And do you know that Jeroboam did not have to do any coup? He didn't have to do nothing. It was Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, with his own hand. He scattered his own life. Eventually, Jeroboam started well, but he also finished very poorly. In fact, he finished so badly. Because you really need to study what happened to him. But I'll give you the references for you to read. 1 Kings 11, 26 to 40. 1 Kings 12, 25 to 23, 1 Kings 14, 1 to 13. You see, when Jeroboam had finished messing up, do you know what he did? His son became sick one day. Then he said to his wife to disguise and go to the prophet. He said to his wife, he said, the man who prophesied this thing to me is living in Shiloh. Go to him. So you remember the man was alive. All the time he was messing about, he didn't remember the man one day. He said, go to him. So, of course, the wife went, but then they still ended poorly. So that's Jeroboam. It's not the one I want to talk about. The one I want to really talk about today is Zechariah and Uzziah. Uzziah is the Esther. Zechariah is the Mordecai. And their story is in 2 Chronicles 26. 2 Chronicles 26 from 1 to 5. The Bible said now, all the people of Judah took Uzziah, took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. How old was this guy at this point? They took him. Now, please note this. They took him. He didn't take himself. Uzziah did not put himself in office. People put him there. I told us about a woman who actually was not fighting for it, but the thing fell on her laps. Sometimes people forget that they were placed there. People forget the fact that someone gave them an opportunity. They now become lord and master 
They placed him there. A 16-year-old boy. They made him king. Note some words in your Bible. Made him king. He didn't make himself. Instead of his father, he built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After the king rested with his fathers, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah had done. Please know that. He did what was right. So he started well. Mordecai said, don't make yourself known. So at this stage, he was well behaved. The Bible said he did everything right. He saw the Lord as long as Zechariah was alive. There is a stage where everything starts well, doing well, obeying well, submitting, following, praying, seeking, fasting. It's okay. The Bible said as long as he saw the Lord, the Lord prospered him. May the Lord prosper you. Verse 16. But when he was strong, now we are getting to a change in the composition. When he was strong, that's to tell you something has changed in this man. There was a time he didn't think he could do it by himself. God, if you bless me with a child, he will serve you. You dedicate the child as a child, but the child will not take to church thereafter. This is to tell us when he became strong. God has no problem in making you strong. It's what you will become after you become strong. When he became strong, the Bible said his heart was lifted. At this point, when you read the story in 2 Chronicles 26, he became strong. His heart was lifted. Towards? To his destruction. May your heart not become lifted to your destruction. The Bible said, for he transgressed against the Lord by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So Azariah, the priest, went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but the work of the priest, the sons of Aaron, who were consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall not have honor. From the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious. I mean, this guy was not a priest. The fact that they are pointing it out to him means he has already missed it. And that still didn't ring a bell in his head. By the way, who are you to tell me that? I'm king. You are a priest. Meanwhile, that was the priest that put him in office. He became furious. Even though the scripture didn't tell us what he did. But you can imagine a king furious. So how else did he express it? He would have said a whole lot of stuff. The Bible said leprosy struck his forehead. He went into hibernation from that day until he died. And because he was so leprous and he was still king, but in hiding and he cannot function in public anymore, he stayed there till he died. And I said to myself, what does that mean? It means the spirit of leprosy was ruling the land. Isaiah 6 verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. The prophet could not see the Lord because leprosy was ruling the land. There is a way that pride cannot allow you to see the Lord. But let's leave that for now. Let me just give you a few reasons why people change from God's plan after their access has been granted. So when you see any of these traits, you quickly caution yourself. The first one is wealth. Wealth is not bad. Wealth is a good thing. 
In fact, the Bible tells us it's a love of money that is bad because money is good. Wealth is not a problem. God is the giver of wealth. But wealth is given for a reason. Wealth is number one reason why people change from God's original plan. When Queen Esther became queen, she was placed in a palace that she has never, never experienced. It was the same palace that Vashti had. For you to understand, that's what made Vashti to feel so important. That she could not leave this, her own guest, to go over to the other side. So that's what Esther had just inherited. And for you to now tell Esther to leave that, to go to the king, most possibly she will lose her head. You don't look at wealth and think it is easy to walk away from it. Wealth will make people to deny their own name. So you must understand that when wealth is at play here, it becomes difficult to please God if you don't put wealth where it belongs. So let us look at what wealth did to Solomon. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, read from verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4. Let's read. It said, I made my works great. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards. And I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the groove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself. Is this not the same man who said, God, I don't need any of this. I just need wisdom to lead me. When wealth comes in, the focus will change. So this is why, my dear friends, before you ever see wealth, God puts certain things inside our system to always learn who gave it, honor him. The moment wealth increases, you begin to find out that your need increases. So you see this man, he had changed. Let's finish off to verse 8. That's it. I gathered myself silver and gold. And the special treasures of kings and the provinces, I acquired male and female singers, delights the sons of men, musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great. I became great. You cannot call me any name anymore. You have to call me all kinds of titles before. I'm a great man of God. And excel more than all who were before me. Things which you could have done quietly, you brag about it. This is a stage where wealth has come in and your behavior has become erratic. He said, I gathered all these things to myself. You find out you just change cars like you change clothes. He said that nothing my eyes desire did I withhold from myself. Places you don't have business to go to, you just travel. Wealth will change your constitution because you have failed to focus on your purpose. Whereas, wealth is not the problem. It is how you are using it. The same man who gave a thousand bulls offering now gathered things. In fact, he laid gold up like sand. He made thrones of gold for himself. He now started gathering women. A nobleman became derailed. That's what wealthy people who have lost their brains do. When wealth has come to a particular level, there is a problem that says that we misbehave. But the reason people misbehave is they've taken God out of the equation. So what do you need to do? 
That's why I said, be careful what you are becoming. You will throw parties with a lot of money. At the end of the day, money to impress people who don't love you. That's vanity. But when they say we need help, you just be looking at the poor people who are jobless to handle the call. That's how it goes. The moment you can no longer honor God with all your substance and prioritize him, it is there for a reason. So that when your increase comes, you always say, Lord, it is yours. It's all yours. Number two, when status change. Status would always change because access is granted. Because that's why you see some people can go into a room, come out, you don't have that access. They have a different status. And you must understand the status has changed should not change you. Because status can change again tomorrow. Wealth will change you if you don't put wealth where it belongs to. Because when the opportunity comes, you must understand, use it to glorify God. Because it will alter your DNA. When status change, you now feel that you can't talk to some people. The people you are living today, you will need them tomorrow. That's the truth. Because the hand cannot say to the leg, I have no need of you. This is how it turns out. People fail to learn from history until they become history themselves. Number three, unchecked associates. Unchecked associates. God, remember when God lifts up a man, he will surround you with people. There is no way you can fulfill God's assignment without the right associate, which includes your spouses. It's part of your associates, your spouses. But these associates must always be checked according to the word and the will of God. There are many, many relationships, Mordecai's and Esther's, that finish poorly because they didn't check their associates. Let me give you an example. You notice that Esther never came out to see Mordecai. They were sending people to each other. So imagine if you were the advisor to the office of the first lady, Esther. You say, Your Excellency, uh, the man outside, I don't think you need to relate to that individual because it doesn't fit the office of the first lady. The man actually is stuck naked, covered himself with some stuff. And... Um, I'm not sure my lord, the king, would like to see you burdening yourself with that kind of person. As a matter of fact, the man has said he's going to burn down the whole kingdom. Advisors can say anything to entrench their own position around you. Esther didn't hear from Mordecai. Esther only had what they told her, Mordecai said. Most of the time, many Esthers are deceived because they heard somebody said something. And then, because they didn't check what they heard, they would take a decision. So Esther said, take these clothes to him. And Mordecai said, no, I refuse. In fact, my, your excellency, when we got there with this piece of cloth, you said, she was cursing, she was saying stuff about your father, things we didn't know, we didn't even know you knew the man. We were wondering why you're caring about him. Uh, and they can sow bad seed. And when you understand the fact that in a situation where you are not sure of, always remember, was this the original goal? When Jeroboam got into the 10 states, there was never a time. Jeroboam said, okay, bring the prophet to tell us how we are going to have to serve God. If God gave us this 10 state and we are no longer going to Jerusalem. You know what he did? He became law to himself. So he set up his own idols. 
Behold Israel, your gods, who brought you out of Israel. And the people around him say, yes! You see, advisors can either hail you to hell or caution you to come back. That's why it's important. And this associates. Who were the people who actually killed Haman? Remember the story where we started from? Haman got home. He said, the king has loved me. God has blessed me. But none of this thing matters to me as long as I see that Mordecai. And the Bible said, his friends, there are always friends around political office. They said to him, you know what you should do? Set up Galo. Your associates can either take you out or pull you back in. What about spouses? Wonderful gift of God. But you must always check even the counsel of your spouses, whether it's in will with God. Do you think King Ahab, who killed Naboth, was always bad? No. The guy came home, he saw a, a vineyard. He came home, he said, I want Naboth's vineyard. And he didn't give it. Jezebel said, is that why you are crying? Leave it with me. I will show her there is a king in this country. So the spouse cooked up a plan that killed this man. Called the cabinet. He said, all of you, open your eyes. Your king is sad in the room. So the foolish leaders, they signed, they agreed to a plan to kill Naboth. Now, my point to you, when you read stories like that, you can ask, well, can that happen to me? Of course it can happen. When you as a leader or as an associate, you don't bother to think about but what is our original objective. A lot of people, they have become something else because they counsel either that they're exposed to or they're no longer exposed to. Who has got your ears? What do people whisper in your ears? The reason why you are looking at the story is Many stories have failed. Many relationships have failed because of what? The associates around them. Rehoboam, before the kingdom was taken out of his hand, the elders came. They said, your father did this to us. They said, but we just want to ask you, will you do anything different? Ah, very important question you have asked me. So he went and he called his father's counselors. Sir, the elders of these nations have come. What should I do? These tribes. Ah, they said you should just go to them. Tell them you will ease up things. You will be nice to them. Hmm, okay. The counsel he was open to took the nations from his hand. Very important point as I close. Why is it that we change? Failed faith. When our faith had failed. You see, at the beginning of the journey, it started with faith. It can only conclude with faith. Anything God asks you to do, it has to be by faith. The journey that you are called to is a journey of faith. It is by faith we will inherit. Through faith and patience, we will inherit the promise. Amen. So managing the course of the kingdom is not always easy. You remember when Esther was asked to go to the king? In fact, this test was the highest she has ever faced up to this point. The challenge she had before this time was maybe go to the women's house and don't talk for one year. Just do whatever you're asked to do. Just be there. The worst that could have happened to her is the king will not pick her. That's the worst. But the nearer you are to the goal, the harder the task and the stronger your faith should be. I don't know what it is you're waiting for God to do in your life. And it seems that it's hard. It seems that the sacrifice is even more. That's a good one. Because, you see, the children of Israel never saw no giant in the wilderness until they were really close to the promised land. Then they sent spies in. 
They said, wow, we saw sons of Anax. Why? Because they were close to their promise. They never saw giants before. When you are close to your breakthrough, then your faith really should be stronger. Esther needed stronger faith. But when faith fails, it is very, very easy to fall out of grace. Jesus Christ walked with his disciples three and a half years. Do you know in those three and a half years, they all felt that they knew where they were going to. The alliance was perfect. Everything was fine. But when they were close to the cross, that's when they needed stronger faith. But that's the time that many of them fell out. So Jesus Christ said something that is amazing. In Luke chapter 22, he said from verse 28, he said, but you are those who have continued with me in my trials. Now note that. You have continued with me in my trials. That's what you need the faith for, friends. In your career, when it is, everybody here knows, it is when you get to exam time or you need to defend your thesis or you are about to do something really major. That's why it looks like, God, what did I get myself into? How could I possibly finish this paper, this course? When it's close to the end, if you are in a gym, the last 10 minutes of your program is the hardest. It's the same thing with the work of faith. He said, you have continued with me in my trial, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on the thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, Simon. So what's happened here? First of all, he showed them the promise. We are talking about kingdom here. But there is a challenge before the kingdom. And then he turns to one who is major in the story. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed that your faith should not fail. This is my prayer today. That our faith will not fail. Whatever the area of challenge in relationship you are going through, that your faith will not fail. You will not close your business. You will not close down your marriage. You will not walk away from your career. You will not walk away from faith. My dear friends, that your faith will not fail. Because you need faith to finish. He said, that when you have returned to me, now watch this. So even though he prayed, he said, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Every one of us have a role to play. Why do you need to strengthen people who are already strong? No, it's because people, everybody has this fear in them. Can I make it? Can I not make it? That's why what you do is important to affect other people. Strengthen your brethren. But you see, the reaction of Peter tells me what many of us actually go through. Jesus told him that this is what I see will happen. But Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and even death. I got this one. You don't need to pray for me. Jesus was telling him that I know you need prayer. He said, ah, you don't need to pray. I will make it. Really? But we know what happened to Peter. He fell. Well, thank God that Jesus Christ said, when you are returned, I pray that you will return. Amen. You will return to purpose. You will return to fulfillment. You will return to finishing. You will finish well. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you 
Attitude Me Ticket.